0: Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Break for break, break for break This right here is how we do it. Break it down.
1: It's the Break podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the potty mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual actual factual listen man i need to get a new AK. i need to get my aka game back on bro like nah, i lost it for a bit no nah, you're
2: the to mouth off of the south man that's it <laughs> <laughs> no
0: that's I was, it
1: i was giving my friend um like just a sidebar before we get into this great interview with rob markman um i was giving my friend some advice like from from friend from day talking about podcasts and listen to the podcast too so i won't name him just just privacy and he said to me oh um how do you feel about profanity on, on, on podcasts, you know, are you, are you for or against? And I said, bro, I'm the potty mouth of the fucking self. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like,
2: you asked the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, no, he, told he, he, he don't listen to our show. He don't listen.
1: No,
2: he, he told, does, himself.
1: He yeah, he told he <laughs> himself. But, uh, but I told him, look, I wouldn't advise on it, but I just swear all the time. So fuck yeah. that. There you go. And now you have to put the explicit, um, like, yeah, I on this now, just because of me. Um anyway, we have a very special guest this week. This one is a person, personally for me, like I'm super glad we got this guy. Um, I'm super glad for his time. When I asked him, there was no questions asked whatsoever. He will funny style. He said, let's do it. Here's a time. He was, he was on time professional. Like, honestly, like I cannot thank Rob Markman enough. I said it on the podcast, And I'll say it again, and I'll say it many, many times. This guy is one of the nicest people you'll find in the industry. Hands fucking down. No one can say shit about Rob. He is one of the nicest people in the game, bar none. There are a couple of people there, but that's it. He's up there. And um, he comes from a great school of of journalists, of rappers, of uh, mentors, of OGs. Uh, And we get to talk to him about his music. He gets to break down Jason's lyric. We get to, like, we get to, like, the nitty-gritty of, of his music. We talk to him about genius, what it's like to be up there, his transition, like, his journey is crazy. But more than anything, you could feel like he's such a rap fan. Like, he's such a fan for the culture, Chris. And I know you riffed up with him on that as well.
2: Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a, I, I really like him as a person. And it bodes well for me. Just, I'm going to dig into his catalogue and get into his music. Um, no, you should. Yeah. You should. He he's one of those people you could have a, a, a hip hop conversation with.
1: Yes, yes. And I, and I really I yeah. really appreciate the, the point he made about debating people on Twitter. Like we yeah, talk yeah. about this ourselves, right? We don't debate anyone on on music. We have to go. What are your creds? In some yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. Right? Were you outside? Were you outside? And even if you weren't, but like you know, the, you know the people who are young who may not have been outside for various reasons, but they know music. And they can critique it in a constructive way as well, opposed to being out there. You were outside, man. <laughs> but no, listen, Rob was very kind enough to give us his time. I'm really, really excited about this one. We'll have more um, people from the media. There's very few people who can rap and, and be part of the media. So he'll be the, he'll be the unique one, one of one. We'll definitely get more people from, from the media on the podcast. But we have Rob Markman. Check it out. All right. So we have a, another special guest I'm starting to sound like DJ Envy every single time I say this, right? And we're on a run. We're on a good run, Chris. I ain't going to lie, right? But this one is, this is particular. Personally, for me, I'm very excited about this one, right? So it's, it's, it's someone who's not only a dope journalist, a dope rapper, a dope writer. He's a genius at work. He's a marksman. But more than anything, he is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in this fucking game. Someone who has not only a heart of gold, opens... For mentoring, or publicly, publicly voices his uh, adulation for artists and his peers. We got Rob Markman on the Breaking Atoms podcast. How you doing, my brother?
0: Thank you. Oh my God, I feel feel good to be here, man. I'm glad we was able to get this done. Thank, thank you for such a dope intro. I feel like I don't even know if we need an interview anymore. I feel like you get me, like you in a nutshell, you know what I mean? Now listen, listen, you you know, I had to do
1: my uh I had to get my sway on just a little bit. I could never be like Sway, but I had to be like, you know, come on.
0: You, you know how much I love Sway. Um Sway does the best in shows, hands down. That's that's that's, that's why that's why I learned from, man. hundred percent. But no, I'm like, you know,
1: I have a lot of respect for you. We've known each other. Well, I met you about ten years ago. And I'm sure. trying to think to myself, was I'm pretty sure it's through Jason Rodriguez. I yeah, am pretty probably. sure. Right. through so J Rod. Um and to see your rise i'm so like i'm genuinely so happy um to see where you, and it's so deserved right you've got a billboard brother like this that's crazy Word. that's crazy to me brother like you've got a billboard and it's a dope journalist I, that again it's it's definitely deserved um you're someone who gives back to the culture um and you document the culture in such a in such a unique way so you know we appreciate that you um how's everything with like covid and like stuff that's happening at the moment?
0: You know, it's as good as it can be. You know, I'm I'm here in New York, um, and, you know, where we were hit pretty hard in in the first couple of months of, you know, that that March, April, May, you know, and, um, you know, just, just, just hanging in there, man, keeping the family close, just trying to stay safe, trying to keep clean and, and, you know, I, I don't go out, I don't leave, um, my house much these days, if I'm being honest, um, you know, um. Supermarket runs if I need them. If I can't get groceries delivered, um, going to the studio, and even that is just a, is it's a one on one. It's me and the engineer. Like we take super precaution. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't go outside much. But you know things have been good. We've been blessed, man. I've been able to work from home. I've been doing the genius thing from home, and that's a blessing. And, and we've been rocking. Nice. So
1: you've been super consistent this year, right? I count fourteen tracks. I count. I oh, might yeah. be wrong. I count fourteen yeah. this far this year. Yeah. So what's ha- like straight off the bat, album project? When's it coming? What what's happening?
0: Um, I got a, I got an album dropping um, this year. Definitely, I don't have a date for it yet. I'm still putting finish the finishing touches. But look, here's my thing: people know me as a journalist. People know me as a media. People know me for the interviews that I do. You know, if you go on my Instagram, a, a lot of that is, is centered around the work that I do at Genius or the work that I do putting light on other artists. And me, you know, being an artist myself, you know, I, I had to take a step back and, and was like, I'm not showing people enough. You know what I'm saying? Last year in 2019, I dropped an album, Yeah. Um, It's Too Late at the Wait, but that's like one release. And then, you know... And I said, you know what? I'm I, first for a couple of reasons. I'm going to be way more consistent musically this year. And I told myself I'm going to drop a new song on the first and fifteenth of every month. And I've been doing that um, since February first. You know, I took January off, and February first I started. On the first and fifteenth, I'm giving you a new song every month. And it does a couple of things. One, it keeps me consistently putting out music. Um, so people will see, like, oh, this ain't a vanity thing, this ain't a one-time thing, this ain't a hobby, this ain't a side project, oh, this is what he does. First and 15th, that's what I do. And But it also, in putting music out at that clip, it just keeps me sharp. It's just like, <laughs> my goal is to be better than the last song that I put out and just make the best songs possible. So, you know, that's what I've been doing this year, and that's been my mission this year. On the first and 15th, every month, you're going to get a new song from me, and then the album's come.
1: You, talk, you talked about it's too late, and on there you said, uh, everybody call me bro now, but only reach out when it's your t- well, time for your rollout. You, know, you don't love me, you love me what I can do for you. Right. Uh, let me ask you something, because you, you know, I know your history, right? Rapper, um, you rapper, know, songwriter, dope rapper, we, can, we, uh, we know your journalistic background. Um, was that aimed at anyone particular, or was it a kind of hove, umbrella, take it as you will?
0: It, it was for specific people. Um and and it was for because listen you you know being in the media you know I work with people on during their rollout like that's what it is and you that's what you sign up for I'm not so it's not this blanket statement but there there are certain people be it artists, be it management be it whatever that the relationships become too one sided and not not only that like it blurs the line like everybody call me bro now like like it's like. Don't bro me to death. Like we we could work when it's beneficial. Hey, I got an album coming out. Is there anything we could do? Yeah, yeah, we could do this. I could hook this up. That's cool. That you know, a lot of this business is transactional. That that's what it is. But don't. But but some sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's actually like, damn, I can't really do it. I got this. I got this, and I got that. And then you might take it personal. Or come on, bro. Come on, bro. And, and it's like, man, don't bro me like. First of all, you only hit me when it's time for a rollout. So don't don't bro me like this is the business. So we either going to be in business or we friends for real, but it can't be it can't be yo, that's bro when it's convenient. And then, you know what I'm saying? So and and, and that's what it so it's about like very specific instances, but it goes on a lot and and you know, especially when I started dropping my music and I did a project that was really important to me, you know, I, I definitely got a lot of love and there was a lot of people who hated it, too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, we wasn't bro then. <laughs> we wasn't bro when Right to Dream drop. Matter of fact, some of y'all was hating <laughs> under your breath or subtweeting or, or whatever. So it was just kind of venting and setting the record straight on some of that stuff. Yeah, because Yeah, because like, like
1: on Tables Turned, you kind of talk about public versus private. We have we have something is a similar problem, not on the same level of yourself, but we have a similar uh, problem where people like to give private play, praise rather than public praise. And someone, like I said earlier in the intro, like you're you're someone who really flies the flag for, you know, artists coming up. And this week I've known about two artists because of you. A 16-year-old mm-hmm. Red Veal um, and, and the guy Adam with Boomerang, right? There's a dope song he did. I
0: love Boomerang. Yo, I, I, a I have a... a- I, shout out to Adam Dollars from Baton Rouge. Sorry, you um, I'm on that album. We have a song called Never Be The Same. My favorite song on that album is Boomerang. I, I heard that. I was like, fuck. Like,
1: he said he, he, he had a line about Trey, like his entendre. Like he had like a fucking four different levels of entendres with it. Like, yeah. I, I, yo, that is incredible. But, but right. for someone who is publicly, publicly supports people, like, how do you deal with that, man? Like, how do you deal with that kind of public and private
0: praise? First of all, I, I feel like when we talk about hip hop like we're we're at our best it's community based you know music is the business, hip hop is the driving force between music business. it is a business, but before it belongs to the record labels, it doesn't belong to the record labels before the record labels had control of it, it was ours it's community, so hip hop is always at its best when it's community driven and I, I never. I'm a fan. Like, how can I not be inspired? Like, I came up in New York City, like, and everything around it was Nas. It was Wu Tang. It was Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the Fugees. Like, and then you see his Dr. Dre and Snoop on the West Coast, and it was Scarface down south. Like, how could you just not be a fan? So, and, and you know, I, I I have no problem showing my adoration for people, and and and. It really just stems on if you're dope. Because like you said, Redville, like he's a 16-year-old kid from PG County, from Maryland. I, I just kind of got put on to him off of a playlist that I follow. Um, shout out to Shrek. Shrek Knows Rap does this playlist. Ogre Time, and I heard that. He put me on to him. And my man Dom from Brockhampton tried to put me on to him earlier, but I didn't connect that It was the same kid. And when I heard it, I'm like, yo, for 16, this kid is dope. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know what his situation is. I don't know if he signed, who he signed to. He might have the biggest deal in the world. I don't know. But why wouldn't I tweet about somebody that's dope, knowing yeah. that I have a platform, I can shed light? So you never know who might see that. And and listen, and and it's funny. I, I found certain music industry people, certain journalists, certain A and R, certain they'll go off of my tweets. Or they'll go up for some shit that I'm listening to. Some people won't even give something a chance until somebody else says it first. That was always right. sucker shit to me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, if I like it, I like it. And it don't matter how popular you are. Like, if I like it, I like it. And so, I, you know, I I, I I try to shine as much light as possible. And it's really just through my excitement. It's not even... A, a strategy or branding thing, or this is the person I'm going to be. It's just who I am. Anybody who grew up with me could attest to that. I'm a hip hop fan at the end of the day, and when something excites me, I'm a going I'm to I'm scream about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and yeah. and, and, and it's, it's crazy, like you say the public versus the private, I've been in situations where people will privately praise you like, oh shit, that shit was dope but not do it publicly and it, it, it gets a little weird but everybody has to be who they are or look man I've had situations even with my raps where there was one song I heard where there's a rapper is an old rapper and I'm hearing it he's doing a hook for somebody I'm hearing it and I'm like yo this hook is fire like I like this shit and I'm listening but I'm like man this shit sounds familiar I don't know where it's from I'm just listening. I don't know where this shit from. And when the song stopped playing and you get the dead silence between the other song, it hit me. I said, yo, that's my line. That's my lyric. That he he interpolated. He took a flow in, which is fine. I'm not, we do that at hip. I do that with Jay-Z all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I do that with whoever. Like this hip hop, this is what we do. I wasn't mad at that. I was like, I didn't even know dude would listen to my shit. Damn, it would have been cool to know that. Like, obviously, he and sometimes he might not even have consciously took the bar or took the flow. Like, sometimes it happens very unconsciously. Like, I'm not. Again, it's not the part, but I was like, damn, you were listening. That should have been cool if somebody would have been like, damn, Rob, really, this shit really dope. But a lot of people act like they don't see it or they don't hear it, which is funny. Which, you know, it, 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 is, it is weird. And it's like, I think it's testament to you.
1: Just on that bit about subconscious, like if you listen to stuff, I remember Ice Cube telling me he wouldn't listen to other people's work when he's working on an album for that specific reason. He doesn't want unconsciously things to seep into his music. He always wants yeah. to keep it fresh. So I, 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 I kind of rate that. Yeah. So,
0: And it, it's hard for me to do that because I, I listen to shit for a living. But right. I, I, try, I try to carve out spaces when I'm creating that I'm just creating. But yeah, yeah, it's tough. You know, in the, just randomly, studio, your studio and working as a rapper, what's your, what
1: are you like? Are you super efficient? Do you do loads of tracks? Like, are you just like, we're doing 10 tracks, I'm doing that, and that's,
0: the, that's it? Yeah, I'm super, I'm super efficient in that way because I, I don't have a bunch of time. I'm, I'm not at the point where, just because I have so much responsibility with Genius, with my family, um, and all the other things that I'm doing, I, you know, I don't have the time to just lock out a studio for a day. And wait for inspiration to come. Um, you know, there's not a major label budget behind me, but you could just be like, open up the studio and just lock it out. And so, when I go to the studio, my songs are written already. I don't write in the studio. My songs are written. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and I go in the studio with a mission, and I and I leave with the songs that I intended to do. It, you know, it, it, a lot of people work differently, like. Um, a lot of people just go in there and vibe and catch a vibe and do this, and, and that's fine too. I'm I'm just saying the way that it works for me, it has to be super, um, just planned out. But that's just how I kind of live my life, <laughs> anyway. Like, I, you yeah, know, yeah, every every minute of the day, every hour of the day is accounted for. Like, I got to stay organized.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, on Write uh, to Dream," like you're very introspective. You know, you talk about your brother, your mother being shot, etc. Like, but I was listening to Jason's lyric, and you got on your B.I.G. What mm. was the inspiration behind that? That was some real good storytelling. Like, it gripped. It was gripping. So at first, I was like, "Is this is this shit for real?" And then I was like, "No, nah, I can't," because it was like the 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 the, the, the my wife got kidnapped. It, like, it was so detailed and vivid. What was the, what was the
0: inspiration behind actually Jason's lyric? Big, big was the inspiration. It just coming from Brooklyn. I I you know, it's funny. Um I think one of my super powers, one of the things I do best musically is storytelling. I think I think my storytelling is really one of my strengths. And I realized that early, but I, I was just always a fan of, of that. I love like big to me was like Alfred Hitchcock. Like big was like You'd get the whole story and he'd draw you in, and then he'd give you the twist ending. And then you have to rewind it. If, if you think, like, um, in his bleed on life after death. Yeah, yeah, Through all the excitement, the range got told, they double part by a hydrant. So it's this whole crown caper, and then it ends with the, the range being told, right? Or, or even on um, somebody's gotta die. What, what Jason's lyric is, is it's, um, it's, some, it's Biggie, somebody gotta die. And if you listen to to Big Somebody, the guy he's going with, he tells you, there's one in my eye, that's Jason. Ain't no slugs gonna be wasted. So I said, what if I told that same story, Big Lay the Blueprint, and I'm gonna tell it through the eyes of Jason. Yo. I'm gonna give you the other perspective. Like that's basically what the song is. And if you think about it, it's a it's a literary device. I don't know what the name of it is, right? But it's something. If you ever, if you ever go to Broadway, there's a play called Wicked and I go to Broadway a lot and Wicked is the Wizard of Oz story but told through the eyes of the Wicked Witch of the West. So when you see it through her perspective, she wasn't that bad, she was a little misunderstood. And I'm like, what if I did that with big? And I've had that idea for years. And um I always wanted to do it and um so we just did it, man. And then I told I told the story through the eyes of Jason and I didn't want you to get it until you 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 hit the end, because then I used the, the same big line, turned around holding my daughter, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, so when you get that, hopefully it hit, it'll make you hit the rewind button. I, man, when I when I did that on, on my first project, I'm like, man, this is going to be the song that's going to prove to anybody who ever had a doubt that I was nice, because I knew there was going to be doubts because most people know me as a journalist. This is going to be the song that all the hip hop heads is going to be like, okay, undisputed. He, he's dope. And um, I think I think it went over a lot of people's heads.
1: So I was in this, like genuinely, this is a true story. I was in the supermarket and I'm getting to the point where now you found the dude, you found dude. And you know, I'm going to get him. You know who set you up. So now you're going to find him. And I'm at checkout. Now it's loud. I'm trying to get out. And all I hear is like, you, you popped off, you popped back. You're, and, all, and all I hear is ad-libs. Uh, uh, Rob got hit. Rob got hit. I was like, what the fuck just happened? What's happening? Like, genuinely, like, like it's... It, even from the ad-libs the reason i said about big was because even from the ad-libs you could just hear it somebody's gotta die you can hear it, it's about bleed you could just hear it like it's such a throwback and i think you do that very well like i listened to like something new like love language love language for me feels like such a new york record but it's not in the sense that like like fuck you talking about it's a love language is how we talk and it just feels such a new york thing but like it's relatable to someone like me here right so like it's the thing i think i think the thing i I say and i've said about you is authenticity right you're very authentic in your music you're very authentic in everything you do and it comes across so yes it's kind of kudos on that um now the other thing i was like so maybe i should kind of rewind back slightly in the sense that um you started in the mail room we know i mean i know your trekked history right so mail room emil she blows up, you've got dreams, you've got a journalist, you know, you went to, you, went to, you know, did a degree, ended up mailroom, ended up freelancing, Scratch Magazine, Harris Publications, Double XL. and then you went to MTV to kind of rap fix. You fix rap at MTV. Let's just say that, right, with Sway, right? And then you've gone into Genius. So I guess the transition from MTV to Genius, what did you learn about yourself?
0: Um, well... The transition from going to MTV to Genius, like, I, I I really realized, and I knew it at MTV, like, I knew that we could affect hip-hop in a way. I knew that I could affect hip-hop in a way just by storytelling and telling the right stories at the right time with the right artists that we could really uplift the culture in a way. And, you know, at that time, everybody in the journalism space started to follow the TMZ model of journalism or the Buzzfeed model of journalism. It was like just stupid list. Here's 15 pictures of rappers with their dogs. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like I didn't come here for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I came up on the Source magazine with the hip hop quotable every month and five mics and I don't want to make a list about fucking rappers yeah. and, and pictures of their dogs. Um or you know it a TMZ model about like who's dating who or whatever. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? So and I have realized that in MTV that I could though create real viral moments and, and with the right team and the right artists and, and also tell stories. The right way. And and what Genius offered for me was a fresh canvas in terms of the media. Genius was obviously established as a lyric website with the annotations and a strong community. And when I got there, we were talking about building media around lyrics and how we were going to go about doing that. And, you know, with the team there, like we've been able to do that with our Verify series where artists just break down the lyrics on the yellow background or deconstructed, where producers break down their beats. Uh, you know, I ha- I've done iconic interviews at Genius. Like, one of my favorites is taking 21 Savage to a blacksmith to recreate the knife that he has tattooed um, on his forehead. Like, but because I knew, like, first of all, nobody gets a knife tattooed on their forehead. Like, like it meant something to him. There was a story behind that. All right, let's let's figure out how we could tell that story behind that in a very interesting way, you know. But I was doing that type of stuff at MTV too. I, I took Janae Aiko to the grocery store when she had the um, supposed to be record with Omarion, to "Eat the Booty" <laughs> like groceries. I said, "Well, let's talk about this and let's go grocery shopping." I remember that. I remember that. Like so, I was doing these kind of like very um, visually driven interviews. But with substance around music, so like that's where my heart was leading me. And with Genius, I said, "Yo, we could build this up to be that." So you know, I went there again. It was primarily just a lyric website and the annotations, and and, yeah. and there was some cool technology things going on around Genius. And then after that, I was like, "How can we build this up to something more? Just increase the storytelling." And you know, we've been able to do that, and and that's a testament to a team. There's just a great team over there. I didn't right. do that alone, you know. Chris, uh, when you, you jump in, I'll, I'll circle back on
1: some of my questions in a bit.
2: Yeah, no problem. Um, Hovain, that's uh, a name that comes up often. heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, Summit and I are very aligned in saying that meeting honourable people, particularly in this business, is, is far and few between. Uh, talk to me about your relationship with Hovain, um, how it started and how it flourished.
0: I mean, yeah, Hovane is, is, first of all, Hovain is on Jason's lyric, all those ad-libs that you hear. Rob got shot. Rob got shot. That's him? That's Hovane in the background, because again, we were trying to recreate the Biggie record. And, you know, Hovane's a big guy you know, there's a lot of him to love, man. He's a big guy, man. I got a lot of love for him. And I, I, I said, I need somebody to be the Biggie on this record. You're from Brooklyn. You're a big guy. Go ahead in the booth, man. And this is what I need you to say. So he did those ad-libs. But, Hovain, um, I mean, we're both from Brooklyn, so I, I, and we both love hip hop, and I think we see the world in a very similar way. We're very ambitious. He's a very ambitious guy who, who wasn't afraid to put the work in. So we had just crossed paths and met each other through the years. Um, you know, he'd be running around the city with his artists. I'd be doing my, my journalism thing, be it at XL or at Genius. He first started actually with Sycamore. You guys know who Sycamore is, of yep, course. Yep, yep. You know, they, they had the famous firm and they used to do yep. cities around New York. So they were booking some of the first shows in New York for guys like Currency and Nipsey Hustle, Rest in Peace, and and all of that. So he was doing shows. So Hovain got a name for himself, and we just kind of hooked up um, and became friends. Like we worked together. Um, he, he was the one who helped get the deal for through Empire Distribution. For me to right. do right the dream he put that together because I, I didn't even think I didn't have a record or anything and Hovain was like yo I think Empire would do a deal you want to do a deal with Empire I'm like well shit if you could put it together and man he he put it together like he 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 got this whole shit started in a very official way for me um so that's my brother and 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 you know he's at cinematic now and he 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 co-founded cinematic management with Johnny Shipes, so he does the management side and the label side, and he works with a bunch of great artists. Like he has a new artist named Lil Cal, who just got a platinum plaque and two gold plaques this year. Young singer from St. Louis, like, and wasn't even on a lot of people's radar. And but you know, Cinematic and Hovain and 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 um. And I forgot who signed them over there, but I, I, I hate shouting people out because I, I you start missing names, but shout out to Fame, shout out to Abby, shout out to Johnny Shipes. Um, you, you know, they're doing great work over there. So he's just somebody who I respect and, and definitely like, if you ever watched The Godfather, mm-hmm. he's like the consigliere. He's like Tom. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? When you kind of just go to him for counsel, you know what I'm right. saying? And stuff right. like that. Man. So But he's he's a great friend that and we have kind of, we have a real great relationship. It extends way past business.
2: Dope, dope. Big up to whole vein. Uh back to genius. Um, Matt Comey and your old Droog a few months ago um, removed their lyrics from the site. They were talking about copyright infringement and how people are coming to their site, coming to the site to read lyrics, and you know, there should be some some kind of compensational recognition in, in that respect. How do you think their decision to do that could possibly impact Genius users going forward, if more artists follow suit?
0: I don't know. There's a good question. I don't know. I, I didn't deal with that. That was, um, you know, our legal department dealt with that. You know, I, the Genius does pay for licensing and for the rights through the publishers to um, put lyrics on the site. So, you know, there, there's an, an agreement between all the publishers and, and the lyrics that appear on the Genius site. You know, um, I don't really know what went into that. I, I didn't deal with that. That was more on the legal side.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just found it really interesting that someone mm-hmm. who had who had i uh, I've got lyrics up on the site, so I need to speak to someone who's getting paid to put my lyrics up on the site. Thank yeah. you for um.
1: Yeah, Chris, Chris is a, Chris is an MC, but I can I can battle yeah. him any day. You get me, bro. I can I can take him down. It's fine. <laughs>
2: Come on, man. Stop stop doing this. Over to you. Summit
1: um this is more of a statement uh than a question but like i was thinking about it today about like the class like the, the freshman class for for a better kind of word as well like your peers right so you know carl um jason um you know we've got b dot we got kazim there's like a group of you guys who you know, there's your class. Is the guys that come underneath? You have got Mikey Fresh at Genius. Like, there's a there's a bunch of you. Like, the JFK at Level Mag. Like, there's a bunch of you just flourishing. It feels like, honestly, to me, it feels like a bit like that Rockefeller family tree, where like wow. like everyone just kind of flows through, and like all of you are doing things on your respect. Like, think about what Lowe's doing, Lowkey's doing now, like Apple. You know, they had the say Like, it just feels like it's flourishing. But if like for me, it's like I've not seen, I, it definitely doesn't happen over here, that kind of movement of all of you moving forward at the same time progressing. And more of a statement of that. how does it feel to be part of that group, that kind of freshman class who are just flourishing every single day, contributing to the culture in, a, in, a,
0: in an almost Rockefeller-type way. Yeah, no, nah, I never thought about it like that. I never thought about it as, like, a Rockefeller-type situation. But, you know, it goes back to the thing I said. It's like hip-hop being community based. You know what I'm saying? Like hip hop, you know, I kind of look at it like we all kind of work for different places or we all kind of do our work under different umbrellas. But like me and Carl Cherry are fam at the end of the day, like we still, me and dot talk every day, you know? Um, me and Carl are in constant communication. You know, I, I work with Mikey Fresh over at Genius. Like I'm right. seeing what, what, what low key is doing. You know, the game evolved. It's like when I first got in, it was just magazines. It was just print magazine. And it was like, where do we go from here? And, and obviously technology, you know, digital, the web, um, and you got streaming services and it just creates different opportunities for us to branch out. So it feels good to kind of know that I could be successful in one area, call could be successful in another area, BDOT could be successful in another area. And we could all kind of, when we get up and talk about it, kind of look at each other and know that we all came from a, the same place, you know. Um, nah, it, it feels dope, man. Um, for real.
1: No, um, and um, OGs. We talk about yeah. that one, Thomas. By, yeah. obviously you've spoken you've spoken heavily and we could talk about sway but like the best advice you've gotten from those kind of ogs and like it's like again it's a rockefeller thing right like they're passing it down like yeah. it's um you know people in in like sway and 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 that one being legends in the game like especially in journalism like kind of the advice they give you how how important that is for you and how you take that on right so they're both of them are very helpful right so guru will tell me about how like how that one like he's so he's he's mad, cool, malapproachable mentoring. Like, and I've seen sway. Like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like you're carrying on tradition to, to carry the Nas reference on.
0: Right. Yeah. No, nah, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for day one. I, I, I think there was, there was a time when I wanted to quit. Um, where double XL, the, 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 just the, the situation that I was in was just, I just wasn't happy. And, right. um, the, you know, it was just getting to me and Daytwan encouraged me. When I was in my darkest points, DeTuan was the one who was like, nah, keep going. You got it. Just fight through this. Like, there's something great on the other end. You know, Sway was the one, along with Ramon Dukes, shout out to Ramon Dukes, who prepared me to do on-camera stuff. When a lot of people told me it wasn't possible, when a lot of people told me that I should just not be on camera because I wasn't good at it, Sway prepped me for that. And it wasn't anything that I asked for. It was like Sway just saw it and he was like, man, there's something about you. And kind of put me under the wing. So, you know, hip hop is, is best when it's about community. And I try to do that for as many young people as I can. So in this business and I, I've had OGs or people older than me shut yeah. you out or shit on wow. you or wow. try to derail your career. Like I've I've, I've been through those situations as wow. well. Um, so my whole thing is like, I give respect to those that came before me. I have the ultimate respect. Um, but you know, also I'm confident and I know who I am too. So I I will always sing DeTuan's praises, Sway's praises, Ramon Duke, shout out to Bonsu. Like all of these people, Shaheen Reed, like paved the way for me to have a spot. But you you know, um, there's there's been some hardships too. There've been some people who try to to block the situation.
1: No, definitely. I remember. I I remember watching that interview you did with uh, Rap Radar, and you talked about like you had bought a house, yeah, in Staten Island, and then like
0: yo, you didn't have like you had to figure out how to get like that's crazy, yeah. Nah, yeah. When 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 I caught my house in Staten Island, I wasn't working in the music industry. I was doing some freelance stuff. You know, I was making more money when I was in the mailroom than when I moved over to the to, um, Scratch Magazine. I right. Took a pay cut. And I started resenting the music business a little bit. Like I, I, I knew I had to take that step back financially because there, there was a ceiling in the mirror. Like there wasn't. Where was I going to go after that? But I knew if I got in the music industry, there, there was room to grow. But I took a step back, and then you know there was times when I almost lost my credit. Like I had to like refinance, and you know it hurt because I was like, damn, I, I thought I did everything right. And I was twenty five. Like I saved my money. Like I wasn't blowing bread. I, and then the recession hit in 2008, and I had to refinance my whole thing. But you know, we bounced back.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do.
0: What did nip, nip Nip said? Um, A minor setback for a major comeback. So, you know, that, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. No. At but the time, we, though, it hurt, you know. Yeah, and and, kinda, that, kinda. That, that's the time I was talking about with Day like where he was just like, nah, bro, keep going. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was really helpful during that time.
1: So um and then going kind of advice for like for a long time and i know 50 kind of heightened it when he was on top where you know first week sales and like album sales and it all had to be that now it's like clicks and streams and like some rappers especially on the rise like some rappers are really pouring out their heart out here like their whole life story on wax and they can get really discouraged by like low monthly listeners or like low streams like what kind of for someone who's been through hardships and 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 has put themselves in a really good position now. What advice can you give them on how to deal with that?
0: I mean, you know, it's tough because you know, but the, the, the streams ultimately equal is is money, right? So there's some people who financially you just need something to shake. Like I can't keep being the star and artist financially. I need to make a break. So we acknowledge that, you know, but. You know, for me, I, I tell artists for as much as you can, like, you got to grow your fan base. You have to pay attention to digital. But don't let it run you. Like, what what is a stream? Like, what does that represent? At least for me, like, I, I don't have the highest monthly listeners on Spotify. I don't get the most streams. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to impact in a different way. and And I believe those will come in time, but I got to be consistent. You know, when I was coming up, a stream wasn't a thing so when I first dreamed of wanting to do music we didn't even know what a stream was so a stream can't be the goal for me right I didn't even know what it was and and, and you know 20 years from now like the metric the measurement might be different you know um it, it's tough I, you know I, I'm not gonna be like you can't have your head up your ass like yo You have to pay attention to the, if you want to grow, you have to pay attention to all of the analytics and figure out the spaces you can grow. I don't think it should drive you. I I think your purpose has to be bigger than that because it's just going to lead you to, to, you know, um, it's going to lead you, I think, to make poor decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make or poor artistic choices. You know, look, there's no secret that Spotify streams, Artists like getting on a playlist, you know, really increases the stream. Okay, how do I get on a playlist? Okay, I got to make music that fits that playlist. Okay, what if I'm not this style of artist? Do I just change my whole art to fit on this playlist? To so the algorithm matches and the BPM matches, and, and I can get here and then that can increase my streams. If the, you know, if that's what you want to do, but you also find a lot of artists not being themselves. One of the things that, that is really funny to me sometimes is I'll meet a lot of artists who kind of make music the way music sounds today. Or just the way they think it's supposed to sound, which is cool. Like, again, I'm not. that's you, that's cool. But who will tell me on the side, because they know I'm the rap guy, right? Like, I really love rap. They'll be like, nah, but I could really rap, though. Nah, I really want to rap. I'm just doing this now, but wait till I put my rap shit out. And I'm, I'm just like, damn, that sucks. Like, if you really want to rap, rap. If you really want to make these other type of records, then make that record. But don't don't let the the technology, the algorithm, don't go chasing the stream. Like because I, I don't think you could be successful like that and happy if you're just kind of chasing the stream, if you're chasing the number. We we were having this
1: conversation actually earlier this week, me and Chris, about streaming and playlists and uh finances and like Chris, you can, you know, you can, as the MC on, on the, on the resident MC on the podcast.
2: I mean, look, I agree. I I agree with what Rob's saying. Like, you know, I, I have decent monthly numbers, um, but you know, just some feedback I got recently, Rob, I did a song called Wishful Thinking. Um, it's a cross between If I Ruled the World by Nas and I was just I listening wish... to
0: that. I was just <laughs> listening to that right before this podcast started. Swear so, to God. You see, so
2: we're, so we're in alignment. So, um, yeah, so my wife gave me the idea. It's a cross between uh, If I Could Rule the World by Nas and I Wish Skilo. So, you know, in the song, I talk about the Middle Eastern conflict. I talk about high transport costs. I talk about bring back the dark skinned Aunt Viv. You know, it's, it goes from funny to serious. And I got some feedback from, from, from some playlisters. It's too preachy, um, it wasn't the right tempo. And I sat there and I scratched my head, and then I'm just like, hmm, do I need to change this up now to get onto these Spotify playlists, just like you said, or do I just keep doing what I'm doing? And, you know, the feedback from the people, you know, I had people texting me, calling me like, Chris, yeah, love this. This is you. Do more of this. We love it. So, you know, I had to balance up with, you know, you've got a faceless person at a DSP, and, you know, God bless, God bless Spotify, all of them. Mm-hmm. But then when you, the, when you get the feedback from your peers and your, and your people – And they let you know that, look, you know, we're rocking with this. I I value that a lot more personally. But I I do understand what you're saying in terms of digital. And it's something I've had to adjust to in the last year or so, like last 18 months. I've got got to take that seriously because that's my shop window. You know, if I tell people, yeah, I'm an MC, first thing they're going to say, you want Spotify? Yeah. They go to your page. And if your your numbers are looking a bit... They kind of think, well, you're maybe not that good. I shouldn't check for you. It's a, it's a yeah. cash 22.
0: It, it, it's a fact. Look, and, and we're in this thing where the technology really runs it now more than ever. You can look. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't care how much Nas sold with Ilmatic. No. Yeah. This is one of the greatest albums of all time, not just hip hop, one of the greatest albums of all time. It, it wasn't the highest seller. There were plenty of more popular, you know, records. I didn't care. This shit was dope. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't buy... Even how we... how how we um how When the industry shifted to first week numbers. Yeah. I didn't buy Ready to Die when it came out at first, I don't think. Not the first right. day. You know, right. not, not as I did. Like, it, it started to shift. But sometimes... Like record companies will work a record over a year, you know what I'm saying? Um, And it wasn't so focused on the first week. Now the technology makes it that you could see how much a song was streamed or how much it was played on YouTube, like you said, before you even listen. And a lot of people make their determination, oh, this has 10 million plays, this must be hot. Oh, this has 10,000 plays, Uh, this is probably not that good. and I, I just think that that's a terrible way of of, of looking and determining art. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm trying to carve out a very specific fan base um, for what I do. Who kind of look past that? But I kind of look at the fan that I was. I I, I was a a Stretch and fan. I was listening to underground stuff as well as the most popular stuff. Mm. So sales never mattered to me. And I I also. Think about like the casual music fan. Like I'm a fanatic, right? Right. I'm just saying. And I think I think um, the DSPs and you know, like they they is more targeted towards the casual music fan. You, you know, these are people who will subscribe and listen. You know, great. I'm the guy who will go out to the store and buy it. It's, it's a different thing. So in a way, it opens the market up because you have more people listening to music. Um, at a higher clip, but it, it's a lot of people. You know, those clicks are like voting. So it, it, there's some fans. I'll, I'll just say it like this, maybe the simple way. That 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 number represents people, right? There's some portion of those people I don't give a fuck about because they don't give a fuck about me. It's like they are not really listening to hip hop. They might be in their hip hop phase, right, so they'll right. affect the streams and they'll affect the numbers but I don't really give a fuck. It, 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 it's a certain segment of those. I'm not trying to make music for you anyway, because mm-hmm. you're not going to get it. And that's fine. It's not even a value judgment. Like my shit is never going to be for a mass amount of people. You
2: know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Good answer.
0: Good
1: answer. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's well put. Um, before I hand over to Chris, we've got some additional questions, some bonus questions. Yeah. I've got to ask you about the, uh, the Drake shout out, man. Like, that, that that was incredible bro like to have the hottest in the game just and to respect you for your knowledge that's it it's your knowledge bro what,
0: oh, when, drake,
1: jo- when drake when drake put on uh, insta when he was going oh, no. um, gotcha. when when joe when joe he said to joe Bunn on the pool party to play story added on and the only person that will get the lyrics um, will be rob <laughs> Martin. like like come on bro like that, that was funny. You, like everything aside like everything aside you've interviewed like even if you whole you interviewed you know you've interviewed the best but to get the drake shout out like that's the drake
0: too yeah yeah yeah, you know of course yeah Yeah. but to get that kind of i don't know like it it was it was it was cool like i wasn't like there was definitely people more excited about it than i am like my phone just started blowing up um I I thought it was slick. I thought it was funny. I I also felt like it was like a playful jab, like I <laughs> I I don't. I, I'm not sitting here like oh shit, it was a diss. I don't think he dissed me. No, 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 you no, know no, what no. I'm saying I don't think it was a diss, but I think there was a respect element to it. I think it was a jab. I think it was you like think a little. He was mo- jabbing at you a little bit. Yeah, I think Why? so. I think I mean because I, I've been vocal about um. And maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I've been vocal about on um, being a Pusha T fan. You know what I'm saying. I, I had right. been vocal oh, yeah, yeah. at the time of being like I thought Pusha oh. won the battle. Oh, I think I think I think it was like a double entendre. Like I think I think
1: right. Drake
0: is that ill. Like everything is not always what it seems on the surface. Fir- Again, I, I don't think this sounds weird. When I said I don't think it was a diss. It's not B. Right, not, right, right, right. Now I get it. Now I get what you're saying. Now, I, we'll yeah, get, I just yeah. thought it was like a, a a quick whatever. But of course, I, I know all the lyrics. Like I'm 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 that genius. I, I know all the lyrics. But you know, I know the lyrics to Dumpy Freestyle too. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. And that was like, dope. Yeah. That was hard. That was yeah, hard. I loved. Like, I loved, that loved was it. Hard. At the end of the day, I'm am 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 a, 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 a hip hop fan. But no, nah, that was cool. It was like a cool moment. I I, I know um I know somebody hit me. And it was like, yo, that's crazy. Now the whole world knows that Drake knows who you are. And it, I was just like, dog, I know Drake knows who I am. Like, it, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of weird. It was like weird. The weirdest thing about it was maybe how people were reacting to it versus right, right, sure. what it really was. But, but it, was, it was cool. It was definitely funny, man. We got like a good laugh out of that. Yeah, but, but Rob, the, now, now that you say what you said, now
1: I've got to ask, it, as the marksman, you got one in the clip?
0: Drake, I got one for whoever. I mean, that's just the FC shit, right? Like you got it. you got you got
1: to
0: you got to stay ready. You were so Brooklyn. Come on, bro. You were so Brooklyn. Come on. You got you got got to stay ready. But nah, man, that doesn't that doesn't warrant that. Like you know what I'm saying? And like I said, like when I say it was a jab. A jab might be the one where I, it was a joke. I think it was a clever joke that had two sides of it. So I didn't take like offense to it. Like, yeah, that's not, you don't, you don't, you don't go to the studio and record <laughs> after that. Like that's like, what are you doing, my You're guy? Gonna devi- You're gonna deviate your d your D. Your up, throw up, right? Yeah, nah, it's like, yo, my guy, take a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like take a joke. That's it. No, I love that. I I, I honestly didn't put to. I I was just so happy. I was like, maybe I could be reading it wrong. I I didn't. I didn't. I I also didn't. If I'm reading it wrong, forgive me. Like, I didn't. I didn't speak to him about it. No, no, no. no, no. But maybe it's also the way I analyze lyrics and just chess moves. He's a rapper. You're gonna. Yeah, I I think I was like, oh, that was that was a smooth double. That was just like a little, (laughs) but um, but it was cool. It was funny. It was like, you know what I'm saying? I enjoyed it. I got a kick out of it. Chris.
2: Yeah, so um, I've heard your name mentioned on a few songs. Wiz Khalifa, Logic. But my personal favorite is, uh, you see, this is, this is where you're going to see me and um, some different. Uh, Torre, when he said, it's ironic to be nice at Rap menace My pen been on the mark when I was designed a rap genius. How does it feel to know that you've got MCs from some, some crazy spectrums? Like you've got your Torre, your Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm and your Logic shouting you out. And what's been your favorite shout out where your name got mentioned so far?
0: Torey was the first. Okay. Um, That was off his entitled album. Yeah, I love that album. Great album. Yeah, so Torey was the first to use my name and flip it in a way like that. So that shit was cool. like Because that dude, it's just a different pedigree when when you're talking about that guy Um, and the way his mind works. So that, that was super dope. So, so always that's going to have a special place in my heart because that was the first one. Um, I think the Logic might have been my favorite. The, I'm a rap genius like Rob Markman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the moment that was in, uh, I saw him do that at the Barclays Center. And he mm-hmm. did that a cappella, and I was in the crowd and he spit that line. And then he went back and spit it again and spit it again. And the whole fucking Barclays sent a cheer just to be like a dude from Brooklyn. And the whole Barclays is just cheering at the sound of your name. Just That that just hit different. That's dope. So, so yeah, I, I have to put that as my favorite. But the Torrey, that and the Torre, because the Torrey one was first.
2: Yeah, the Torrey one was clever. I think it's in terms of, you know, the clever meetup being MCs. Right. Yeah, to uh, give
0: it, give it the, Ill- the illest one, if, if I could pick three, is top three, and I, I won't... I think Royce the 5'9", on his I Got the Keys freestyle, when he said, um, I'm what you get um, if you rob a Markman. If you rob a Marksman... Ah, fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm what you get if you rob a Marksman with Fetty Wap, with rob a Markman. I'm what you get if you rob a Marksman with Fetty Wap and rob a Markman. I'm a dead eye genius, or some shit like that. Like, oh
2: wow, okay, yeah, that's yeah, 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 that's different. That's different. different. Yeah, I just
0: butchered. Sorry, Royce. I just butchered Royce's (laughs) shit. But but, but, but
1: like, he's 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 been so like, there's you've been kind of like the the position you're in. You you know, legends or people that you respect, thoroughly respect people you grow up with. You know, there are people there now for you. You must get so that it must. I mean, it bug me out anyway. If I was Royce to five nine was shouting me out or or giving me advice, it would still burn me out every single day. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, the, the way you have got to, like, and where you're still going, like, you ain't finished, bro. Like, and this is where you've got to so far. Like, you're at the top, right? And there's still some ceiling to kick through. And that's just, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I did. look, I'm going to keep it real in it. Like, I stand out with people I love. And I just love to see how you've just been going from strength to strength. So, I, I love that, bro. Every time I see your name up, I love that.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I just thanked Royce the other day just because just something simple just left a comment on my page um, for some rap. When I put up the picture of me in Times Square with the billboard and Royce left a dope comment and it it was just like, yo, bro, thanks for seeing me. Like, I'm not, when we talk about the, the private, you know, praise and adoration, Royce was always somebody who's been vocal about it and very encouraging. And he's somebody who I could call if I needed like advice or, or how to work something out in the studio because he just has a wealth of knowledge and somebody who I respect. So I was just like, man, bro, thank just thanks for seeing me. But that's it. That's all I need. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, did um did the
1: favorite cartoons theme song get ever get us finished on Twitter? Did we ever come up with a winner?
0: Ducktales. Oh, dead. <laughs> like, are we, are we? Are we? Did we? Did we, did we yeah, I don't know if we had if we ever came up with a winner. Yeah, I was rewatching Thundercats, and I was like, <laughs> "Yo, Thundercats is such a fire cartoon. I love yeah. it. It was always one of my favorites." But when I started rewatching it, I was like, "Yo, this theme song is like, <laughs> this ain't it. Like,
2: <laughs> I love Thundercats."
0: yeah that's the what we song. did it
1: we were well, early on in the we did a podcast um an episode dedicated to like 80s cartoons bro yeah. like Ulysses, like Defenders, like thundercats teenage yeah. mutant hero Turtle. like we did a whole thing but we didn't talk we talked briefly on the theme songs but didn't go deep into it but yeah, yeah. i think that's something we might have to revisit i think i think um,
0: i think ducktales got the, the got the the best theme song like, like yeah you, yeah. yeah the ducktales joint you can't sing along, man. We I was watching that the other day um on Disney Plus and me and my wife
2: were saying, you know, the theme song is kind of crazy. <laughs> but right?
0: the old DuckTales, the first DuckTales. Yeah, the old, I'm talking yeah, the old yeah,
2: one. Yeah, yeah with um, yeah. Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck and their man. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and my wife were saying, yeah, the theme song, it's is hard, it's hard. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, I, before we start wrapping up, I've got i got to shout you on um, Things On My Mind Freestyle, bro.
2: The okay. stuff that's
1: going on at the moment in the climate, I think the way in which you kind of articulated yourself by dropping gems but also speaking on it like i have to give you on like, like like i've got the lyrics here like on the length they want to kidnap and enslave us give illusions of some freedom and believe that their saviors put an end to segregation try to tell us that we're neighbors the lynchings used to be legal now they trading their hoods and policing the people these state sanctioned murderers motherfuckers is evil like bro like real talk like there's not a lot of people speaking on what's happening now but for you to take your platform, your voice, and to put that in. Like, that's. I just wanted to shout that little verse out because I think um, it's Thank important.
0: You. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's important too. And I actually see it different. I do see a lot of people speaking out and using their platform, at least in my circle or the way I've crafted my timeline or just like I, I see it. And it, for me, it was just like, you know, how could I not? You know, I've been having a lot of conversations with my sons about the world and it's a different conversation because, you know, and a lot of it has been about how in America, the racism is systemic and is really rooted in our history and, and, and the laws may change, but it gets really frustrating to see that this, you know, lynching used to be legal. It was a legal act. And okay, we we can't, you know, America says you can't lynch anymore, which is great, right? Cool, but police could still shoot a black man, a black woman, um, a black person who, who doesn't assign gender, shoot you down in the street, and there's no justice or retribution for that. So how is that different from the lynchings that used to be legal? There's no legal recourse to get justice for victims of, 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 of pro- police brutality. And it's beyond brutality. Yeah. you know, straight and, 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 out and, murder. Right. And, and we talk about it. We talk about police brutality as a problem. And the problem is racism. And we have to confront that. Because if, if the police were just brutal by nature, right, they'd be brutal across the board. That means you, you see white people getting it, and I'm not saying that's right. You see Asian people getting it, you see. No, we consistently and overwhelmingly see that black people are, are the victims of police, and then they're protected by the state. Sounds like state-sanctioned murder to me. Maybe, Maybe, maybe I'm putting extra on it, right? Like maybe I'm exaggerating it, right? Maybe. But if you start and think about it, it's like, well, if, if the police can just go out and, and kill people and and there's no justice, it sounds like state-sanctioned murder. Mm. It sounds mm. like lynchings.
2: Um, I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: And so let's 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 start calling it what it is. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm I also don't want to paint myself as an activist. I don't want to say right. I'm the most woke. I don't want to say I have. The answers. There are people out here who are doing the work every single day, who are the real activists. And I don't think saw You see, um, rap artists out there, but I don't think very many rap artists are are activists. You know, they're rappers, they're artists. You know, but th- I, I do see artists like Trader Truth yeah. is out there. Um, I see my, my song out there. Yeah, I see Bun out there. Like, like yeah. it exists, but you know, I I, I don't for me, I I don't think we should be waiting on rappers to lead us into this thing. There there are well-equipped people in the community who this is their life's work and their life's mission. So that's where I take my cues from. So I never want to, I didn't want to put something out and then make it seem like I'm activist or I'm super woke. Um, I care. I want to help find a solution to it. I want to help fight for a solution to it. And those were just really my thoughts and my feelings and, and, it, it, it was raw. It was even if you listen to the first line, it was like you know, um, pardon us too. You know, I asked Devious to give me a loop. Pardon us too if it's underproduced. Yeah. Like it wasn't like we planned to make this song. It, it was just like, yo, bro, I got something on my chest, and this is what I want to say. He was like, yo, what about this? And it was a loop that he had to finish. And if you know Devious Minds, he wouldn't went in and really produce that thing. But it was kind of like the urgency of where I was at my feelings and, and the right being like therapy. So we just went in there and we just left it raw like that. Um I'm I'm glad that it resonated with people. Um and you know I I, I want to find more ways with my music to, to speak against like just whatever's going on in the community. No. Um I don't know if you jump on Twitter
1: for these matters, but I mean Chris he did a whole episode on like hip hop Twitter and why it, it, it pisses him off to no end because mm-hmm. they'll say outlandish things. Do you ever get involved in any of that shit? Like, you know, people know like, like nothing was the same versus take care. Like, do you ever get involved in that stuff or?
0: I, 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 I used to like, and I stopped because I, I realized Twitter, anybody can have Twitter. <laughs> um, and I don't want to have these conversations about the thing that I love with just anybody. Mm. my conversation is worth more than that uh, because you got to think about it. Twitter is an avatar. Like sometimes you don't know who you're arguing against. I, I don't mind arguing. I don't mind having people challenge my points. I don't mind debating, but there has to be some type of qualification. And when I'm talking about qualification. It's not where you work. It's not how much money you make. It's not which city you come from. It's how invest, are you invested in this hip hop thing as I am? Mm. Yeah. That's the qualification, and, and it has nothing to do with that. I work at Genius, so I used to work at MTV. I don't look
2: yeah, 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 at yeah. people
0: like that. Like, how invested are you in, in hip-hop? I Again, I find a lot of people right now are in their hip-hop phase. You know, and, and I don't know who I'm arguing with on the other end. I don't know what your reality is.
1: So right. I'm not going to sit
0: here and, and, and argue with you about this. I'd rather do it in a group chat. I'd rather do it with friends, with people. With friends, right, 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 within, right. Or within um within the barbershop, because you'll drive yourself crazy, because people will just also say outlandish shit. And, you know, and there's certain things that, and it's not even because you believe it. Some people will say things they don't believe. They'll say it just to get a rise. And right. some people don't realize they're doing it. Listen, Twitter is a platform and all social media that's built off of engagement. There are studies being shown that endorphins start going off in your brain or whatever it is based off of how many likes you get, how much engagement you get on something. Um, and you'll get the most engagement by saying the two extreme things, yo, this yeah, sucks, yeah. or this was a classic. And you'll be like, ah, oh, this is all right, Like, I liked it, da-da-da, you probably won't get a lot of engagement. You get, and then I think people, without thinking about it, start these extreme conversations yeah. like, you yeah. know, Drake fucking sucks. Yo, you cannot like Drake. Like like that's a taste. Like you Drake cannot be for you, but Fucking sucks. He's the worst rapper I ever heard. Like, for real? <laughs> like the worst ever. Like I,
2: I think what it is, Rob, as well is like, I'm 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 a Wu Tang baby, innit? If you're gonna tell me you don't like Wu Tang, that's cool, but I'm gonna need some rationale behind that. You can't just come outside and say, yo, 36 Chambers was trash. I'll be like, okay, why though? Do you know what I mean? It's just a lot of statements are being made uh, without
0: qualification. I think what we have to start realizing, and this extends beyond... I I got two things, but this extends beyond bigger than music. There are people out there in social media who are banking on your outrage. Literally banking on your outrage. If you see what's going on, and I'll give you an example of something more serious. I think somebody's saying Wu-Tang sucks isn't that serious, right? It doesn't affect the world. It might piss you off, but it doesn't affect the world, right? But they're still, they want to draw your fire. They want to bank on your outrage. They want that response. They're doing it to get a response. I I don't know what's going on on Twitter. There's would-be politicians, congressional hopefuls in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on the right side, the Republicans or whatever, when Cardi and Megan drop, you know, whack. Mm oh my God, this song, the next morning it came out, I just happened to hear this song and it's tearing at the fabric of America and this, that, and this, that. And then we start retweeting them. Yo, fuck you, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. And we retweet them and it amplifies their message. They're using our outrage to amplify their conservative message. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it is a political tool being used. There are absolutely people who are using it as a political tool. Trump does it. Part of how Trump gets elected, tweet, tweet some wild, outlandish shit, and you're going to retweet it in rage and shooting him down. But really what you're doing is amplifying his message, message and then awaking a base. Now he's starting to find more of a fan base because you retweeted it. You amplified it. More people are seeing his message. And, oh, yeah, I like that Trump guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. So on a very political level, there is an industry banking on your outrage. And so they'll tweet outlandish shit to draw your fire. And then on the less serious side, sometimes there's just a 12-year-old kid in fucking Idaho <laughs> who who his favorite rapper is a little Mosey, as it should be because he's 12 years old and, and Lil' yeah, Mosey yeah, is yeah. popping. So Lil' Mosey is your favorite rapper. He's telling you, yeah, you tell yeah, he sucks because yeah. he wants to piss you off. It's yeah. It's the same thing, but but I, I just want to illustrate the, the consequence this shit could have. You know yeah. what
1: I mean? No, that's real. That's right. I never I never thought of it the mm. way you put it about banking on your outrage is, is very there was a congressman, I can't remember in America, who was just talking about Big Sean and just anything that's happening topical and people just going at him and you're right, they were just trying to amplify their own message for whatever policies they have or just to get more followers, whatever the fuck. But it's to, to your point about the outrage or to generate just discussion to, to get people outraged by it, right, and, and make jokes out of it and stuff. So yeah, that's some, crazy. Bro. Some,
0: some people just need to argue, too. It's entertainment for some people. Yep. And I, I, don't, I don't ever want to be the fun police. Like, we can have fun arguments, <laughs> but there's a time when it becomes disparaging. I, I pick and choose how I feed into it. One of the posts oh. that I hate, I hate fucking the ones got to go. Like they'll give you yeah, four man. albums. They'll be like, right. <laughs> they'll be like. No, no, Only no, Rob Rob, Rob,
2: link. Rob at it. Um, Rob is my spirit animal. I did forty minutes yeah. about this man. I did forty. Like, yeah. why do? Why does one have to go? No, I'll go. No,
0: nah, yeah, that, that's my shit. I tell I tell people all the time. It's like, yo, I ain't worked this hard, man. I live a life of excess. I want it all. Yeah. Like, why? Why do I just want one dope? No, I want all the classes.
2: So, someone Someone wrote one time. Raukus. <laughs> one got to go. or Loud Records. I said, I can't do this. I can't do this man like why, I, that's, enough, that's I, enough for me today good night god bless
0: but you know but it, it, it is good but at the same time there's good um discussion debate analysis to be had and you be like yeah. rockefeller versus bad boy like we can engage in those discussions but i would only want to engage with it with people who will do it in a thoughtful and meaningful way and not a way to cut down you know hip-hop because you know, a lot of people participating in this shit don't care about it anyway. Again, I, I don't want to have a conversation with you. Like, fuck you now for sure. Like, no, you ain't no, one of us.
1: No, for sure. There was one thing that I it blew my mind. I didn't know, and I had to check the vinyl. It's not on my vinyl, but um, Andrew Barber, Factual Drive, put out um, like um, "Keep It Thorough," Prodigy. It mm. turned, I think it was twenty years, sign. "Yeah." Um, and um, Just Blaze went in the comments and said, "Little known fact for the younguns." that it was actually put out by Rockefeller Records. Keep It Thorough.
0: I thought it was good. Yeah. And- no, because Keep, Keep It Thorough originally was a single on the oh, backstage really? soundtrack, oh. which was a Clue album. So Clue was signed to Rockefeller. Yeah. So it, it originally was on the backstage soundtrack. Right. And then they ended up putting it on h and Yes. But H&IC didn't come out till after. So the first right. official release of it, but even still, you know, and, and I love Andrew. Andrew's a fucking historian. Like, he's somebody who I trust sometimes when, when my own memory fails me. I can go to Andrew and be like, yo, da da da. Um, but it, it was hard for me to celebrate that as a 20 year anniversary, too. But again, it's coming from New York. Like, we had that record on mixtapes. Like, that was, that was out there on the street before it was on any album. So it's, it's been a little longer than 20 years. But yeah, nah, it was a Rockefeller record first. Yeah, absolutely. That's what see this. That's why I love Twitter and people like Andrew and
1: people who remind you things. Like, that's what I love that for. Right? I but, don't, but really, I, mean, I don't. You, go on. Uh,
0: really, what it was was it was the power of DJ Clue, like. And I, I don't. I don't think at that time there wasn't like a, the Prodigy, Jay Z beef hadn't started, just yet. Maybe it had. What, might it have, have been building.
1: Yeah, it might it might have been. It might have been.
0: Keep, I mean, can, the keep it thorough had to be in 2000 or 99, 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. You know, yeah. So there was probably already some animosity building, but you know, I think, I think, there,
2: I think there was, because remember Prodigy had that issue with um Jay saying Snoop came through and crushed the buildings yep. and that was yeah. in 98. So, yep.
0: Jay yeah, Jay said that in 98. So, so P was feeling away because when everybody was, was going at the West coast and, you know, that it was like, oh well, Jay wasn't. I remember it was like
2: a source um
0: where he where he said that and he, he he took exception to Jay saying the New York been soft ever since Snoop came through and crushed the buildings. So there's probably some animosity building, sure. But what it is is really the power of DJ Clue. DJ Clue was signed to Rockefeller and DJ Clue was so important. And again I can only speak from New York City. I think DJ Clue is super important to hip hop as a whole. But in New York, Clue was the guy. So I, I could see even if if prodigy might have felt the way or wasn't all the way fucking with Jay or Rockefeller or the fact that it was a DJ Clue project. No questions asked. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Clue Clue was just the fucking god out here. Like he 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 was a kingmaker. No, don't,
1: Damn. Chris. I ain't got nothing. Else. I ain't got. I ain't got nothing else, Chris. No, this, I've got nothing.
2: This has been a wholesome. A wholesome it's conversation, man. We spoke to the rap genius. <laughs> this is how we're <laughs> out here, man. Full-time jack move, innit?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to say to Chris. This is a full-time jack move. This is my, this is my new thing. I've been at Dortmund for a little while. This is right. my full-time jack move. I'm trying to um, get a few people out of here. Um, nah, 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 out, nah. out in the UK. Just get them out. Run them out of town.
0: Nah, you keep going, man. Like I, I've always had a, a tremendous respect for you since so the first time that we met. And you know, when you reached out to me and asked me for this, I said, man, it's no problem. Um, and then, shit, I'm finding out. I'm Man, this is OC, is Mike Geronimo, it's me. I'm like, why do you even want to talk to me? You got OC and Mike Geronimo. Nah, we, you're, you're, you're part,
1: you're part <laughs> of it, bro. You're part of it, like.
2: And you know what it is, too. Rob? You mentioned at the beginning, Source Magazine. You, you grew up on that, right? So Absolutely. if you check our bio, we're the podcast for hip-hop, music, culture, and politics, just like the Source. Right. So... We don't just want to talk to to MCs, we want to talk to journalists, we want to talk to managers, we want to talk to photographers. I want I want to talk right. to Danny Hastings. I want right. to talk to Anton Poshansky. Right. You know, I want to talk to these people. I feel we're right. almost doing the culture a disservice if we just talk about music. There's so much else going on.
0: Right. Danny Hastings did um Elmatic, right?
2: Um that was Danny Clinch. Danny Clinch, damn, Danny, Yeah. yeah oh, Danny fuck. Danny Hastings did uh, Cuban yeah. Links and right. um, and J right. and all that. So yeah, 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 right. yeah. We, we I'd love to have a conversation. Someone calls me the actual factual. You sound that's like you right
0: on right my street. Nah, uh, you right. You got that. All right, now nah, that's love, man. This this has been dope. Thank you for having me. The genius, the marksman, Rob Markman <laughs> on the Breaking
1: Atoms podcast, bro. Listen, the shout he gets, the the advice, his OGs. Come on, mm. man. Like one, like Sway. Like how, how right. we talked about how we talked about Royce. Yeah,
2: That's you know, nice. a, a lyric just came to mind. Like his name, Mark Markman, um, Inspector Deck. Like it's just this is just how my mind works. You know, narrow right. margin are your odds to dodge the marksman, murder rat, kill yourself like Roberta Flack. Come on, sorry, that like, you know. <laughs>
1: this happens sometimes. You know, no, 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 definitely. But no, I I think look, that was as a great episode. I've known Rob for like ten years, so like this was this was super super cool for me. Um, I'm I'm super excited for a new project from him. Like the fact that he's got a billboard. Like in, in Times Square, that's that's super dope. And the work he continues to do, a genius. Uh, honestly, on a real level, like the, the work they do, verified, uh, deconstructing for the record, like all of that, like that's some. There there is some consistency there, and some really really good uh, pieces of content that they create. So now I'm 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 happy about that. Um, and uh, and, there's, and there's more to come. End there, Chris. There's more to come. man? Full time Jack move. <laughs> um as always, follow us on social at Break the Atoms. You can follow us on your favorite podcast platform, just search Breaking Atoms podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend, chat about it from the rooftops. We'll be back next week with yet another episode. Yes, sir.